Welcome to the Women Shifting Gears podcast, where we talk to some of the most dynamic, inspiring, and powerful women who are changing the narrative of what it means to be female in the automotive space. I'm your host, Amanda Busick. They say it might not be easy, but it will be worth it. To all the women out there sitting in the left seat, grab your road snacks. Let's go for a ride. As always, we'd love to welcome you into your weekly Women Shifting Gears podcast. Lindsay Harrell stepped into the position of president of the Hilton Head Island Concord Delegance in November of 2019, just after the 18th iteration of the event known for its Southern charm and hospitality. And as we count down to the return of the Hilton Head Concord after a year of challenge for us all, Lindsay has relied on her over 15 year experience with the event, her close relationship with the former president and her strong female ad staff ahead of her first Concord now in the role of president. Our weekly Women Shifting Gears guest this week is Lindsay Harrell, the president of the Hilton Head Concord Delegance. And Lindsay, you uh, came into that position uh, right after uh, the 2019 show. And uh, as we know, uh, 2020 became a uh, surprise for for all of us uh, worldwide. Uh, Talk about the leadership that was needed uh, during last year. Well, you know, last year was definitely interesting because it was the year that I took the reins over from Carolyn, who'd been our former president and such a wonderful, tremendous leader um, for us and for me. Um, 2020 started off great. We had a lot of great momentum leaving 2019. Energy was high. Enthusiasm was high. Sponsor conversations were going well. And then, of course, we all know what happened and we kind of came to a a grinding halt um, and made the official decision to cancel the event in May of 2020, which was extremely challenging. Um, you know, I wavered between should we cancel? Should we charge forward? Is this thing really going to last as long as people are saying it might? Um, and as we got into like July, August timeframe, I realized we very much made the right decision. Um, and our focus shifted from what we traditionally do, which is plan a live event to keeping our name out there and letting people know that this event will not fade away in this pandemic and we will be back when we can be back. So we hosted a number of virtual events. Um, We did a Women Driving America monthly happy hour event with Tito's Handmade Vodka, which was so much fun. Um, We did a, a Driving Young America Boulevard series to do some educational content for students. We continued to host our Michelin Junior Challenge Design Scholarship Program, which when we did cancel the event, that was the one thing that um, we said, you know what, we can still do this. We can still do this well, and we don't want to see the scholarship opportunity fade away just because the event itself is not happening as we normally know it. Um, But I think in terms of leadership, it was just keeping people positive, keeping people encouraged and, you know, making sure our team, both our staff and our volunteers who are instrumental to making all of this happen, knew that there was someone leading the ship to make it through the fog, if that makes sense. I mean, it was it was just keeping us on track, keeping us motivated, keeping us positive. And I think looking back on it, what 2020 did was give everybody a really well needed reboot. And I have never seen our core team of volunteers and our staff as excited to host the event as I have this year. I mean, we are all raring to go and ready to go and um, really excited to present something spectacular this fall. 
You mentioned Carolyn, you were, you've been a part of the Hilton Head Concours for quite a while. You, uh, since, uh, with the firm since 2007, but also as you had mentioned to me just prior, Mm -hmm. uh, on the agency side since 2005, your history with the property, how much did that help you through last year? Oh, tremendously. I mean, I, Carolyn and I, um, we're more family than anything at this point in time. We've worked together for so long. And I, I mean, I started working with her right after I graduated from college. Yeah. It was my first job out of college was working at the PR agency that handled the Concord account. So, you know, she was the first person, uh, it, first boss and first female that I'd seen in a role like that. So I was in awe of her from the get go and we've just become family over time. But, um, you know, watching her and learning from her has been instrumental for me, you know, making this transition. And she laid, you know, tremendous groundwork for us to be in the position that we're in now. Um, you know, I, I look back to, she. we both started around the same time. She came in as president. She'd been involved prior to 2005, but she started in the role of president in 2005. That's when I started with the agency. So Actually, when I interviewed with the PR agency, one of my little tests that they gave me was to write a press release announcing <laughs> Carolyn as the president. So wow. it, it's kind of funny how it's all played out. But and I also remember the time I had the conversation with her um, in 2006. It was at the 2006 Concord. We were doing an early morning broadcast from the Worldwide Auction Tent. Worldwide was our auction partner at that point in time. And I remember telling her, you know, I think I want to I think I want to change gears. I don't think I want to be at the agency anymore. Um, Just I wanted to do more event planning and less on the marketing side. And I told her that I would be leaving and I was going to be leaving after the show that year. And she said, well, you know, I can't do this anymore without adding more team. Would you be interested if I can convince the board that we need to hire somebody else? Would you be interested? And I without hesitation said, sign me up. I'm in. Like if you can get that done, I'm more than willing to put my name in the hat and it just, it's all come together. And then we worked together from 2007 until she retired in 2019. So it's been a great relationship and we stay in touch as you can imagine. Um, we, we contact each other regularly and whenever anything big is happening on our end, I always choose the first person that I call to fill her in on what's going on. And, you know, I still turn to her for advice from time to time too. She'll always be there for me in that role as sort of mentor and leader. I think what's so wonderful is, you know, in automotive, you know, a lot of times we can be the only females in a room and to have such strong mentor uh, from a female in that position, where are areas that she might understand you that others might not? Oh, she, she knows my flaws. (laughs) She knows that um, I am a massive control freak. Um, So it's, that's always been her, you know, guidance to me is I've got to learn to give up some control Mm -hmm. and stepping into this role. I've really learned that, you know, I can't, I can't do it all. I can't be the sole boots on the ground. I've got to learn to lean on people. And the good thing is we've got amazing people to lean on. Um, My husband will tell you the same thing. I'm the same way when it comes to stuff at home (laughs) as I am at work. So imagine how fun I am to live with for him. So, um, but she, you know, Again, just having worked together for so long, we both know each other's strengths and weaknesses. And I think the really nice thing about the relationship that we had is where she was strong, I was weak. And where she was weak, I was strong. So we really balanced each other really nicely. And, you know, the one thing I think that surprises a lot of people or that most people don't know is that we had a a female leader. So to your point, 
I've always known that with this event. Mm -hmm. I've always known women being involved. We have amazing female volunteers that were on the original committee that got the event started in 2002. I mean, we have a wonderful woman involved named Rosemary Kimball, who's been a massive leader in this organization since, since its inception. She's still involved to this day. She does all of the awards for the Concours. So it's never been, while it's more heavily skewed male, there's always been a really strong female presence at the Hilton Head Concours. And what people don't realize is our whole staff is female. So, and it has been, um, it's, you know, our exhibitor concierge, Meredith Kranz is a long time. She's actually been with the event longest in terms of staff. Um, Sawyer Strelchuk, who's on our team and manages our operations and marketing, fantastic woman. And Catherine Builder um, manages our sponsorship relationships. And I will say Sawyer is the newest addition to our team. She's been with us 11 years. So we've got a strong team that that knows each other's ins and outs really, really well. And we know where, you know, slack needs to be picked up and where strengths are. And we rely on each other with that. So it's a really great core group of women. Wow. I can only imagine the trust that builds with that long of tenure with each other as well. We'll be right back after this message from the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix and the Women with Drive Summit. Join us for the Women with Drive Summit as part of the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix August 5th through the 8th in Nashville. Top influencers in motorsports will discuss the countless initiatives underway to empower women in the highest levels of professional motorsports. Events also include an opening reception, IndyCar Paddock VIP Tour, and an opportunity to attend the inaugural Big Machine Music City Grand Prix on the weekend. To learn more and to register, visit gsevents.live. Well, you uh, you graduated from William and Mary, mm-hmm. uh, and then as you said, your first job uh, in PR was working alongside this Hilton Head Concours. What were you? What did you know about the car world prior to that job? Oh, nothing. Um, absolutely nothing. So I grew up. My, I, you know, I had a very manly dad, um, but he was not a car guy. <laughs> he was more into, you know, he playing golf, watching football. He was a football player in college, a golfer in college. So sports was very much a part of my life, but cars not necessarily. Um, you know, my dad loved driving a nice car, but wasn't necessarily in the garage working on it every weekend. Um, he was not doing that. He <laughs> just not even there was no ifs, ands, or buts. That was not what he was spending his time. So I did not grow up in an automotive family or an automotive world. I think actually one of the first sort of introductions I had to women in automotive as I took a course in college um, called Women in Sports. Um, as an elective, I convinced my roommates to take it with me at eight o'clock, <laughs> eight o'clock Tuesday, Thursdays. They were not big fans of me that semester. But um, and one of the people I learned about was Lynn St. James, actually, mm-hmm. in that course. So that was probably one of the first people that I mean, obviously, I knew the big names in NASCAR. And, you know, I, I I'm not under a rock, but I just wasn't well-versed or entrenched in it. And I think in a job like this, I obviously got involved because of my passion for more of the event planning side, but being around it, you can't help but appreciate what you're seeing. I mean, so I did not start out in this role as a car person, but I have definitely become one. Um, I mean, you just have to appreciate what it is that these pieces of art are. I mean, and for the standpoint of a concours, I mean, that's traditionally what I would describe these cars at. They're not really cars, they're art. Um, And I think that's the thing a lot of people don't understand about 
a Concours event, they look at it as a car show. And sometimes if you're not educated, you think about it as the, you know, drive-in car show that happens in the grocery store parking lot. But <laughs> anybody can come to a Concours event and enjoy themselves, whether they are a gearhead or not. They will love what they see out there. You get to uh, work in the professional side of it. But as you said, I think just being around it and you talk about the art of it, it's hard not to become a fan of, of what you're seeing in those early years, was there a collection or, or an event or part of the event that you guys had worked on that really kind of uh, grabbed your attention? Well, I can tell you there's one car that, that really turned my head in this whole thing. I can tell you, I can think back to it. It was when we were still at our original venue, uh, the Coastal Discovery Museum at Honeyhorn, and there was a local owner um, who brought out a car and I just, my jaw hit the floor. I mean, it was stunning. It was a 36 Auburn boat tailed speedster, wow. cherry red, just gorgeous. And I mean, if you can't appreciate the beauty of something like that, I don't know what you can appreciate. I'm that, so that to me, that, that car was a milestone in my, you know, more recent love affair with cars. Um, that's, that's one that I will always remember. It won our people's choice that year. Um, I was actually kind of shocked it didn't win our best of show, um, but it, it was just a standout, beautiful car and made me, it, it flipped a switch is what I'll say. Are you a car collector yourself now? I wish I were. No, <laughs> um, I am also married to a non-car guy. Um, people are probably gasping right now as they're listening to this, but um, I have things that I would love to own, Sure. but um, we have not gotten into that quite ourselves. I said to my husband the other day driving, I don't remember where we were going, but we were driving somewhere. I was like, I'd love to own an old car. I was like, it doesn't have to be a fancy one. I just love to own something that, you know, would turn a few heads when we're driving down the road. Well, from what I read, you guys have uh, two kids that um, <clears throat> you we said do. will be will be future car collectors. So I'm we sure do. it's hard not to in your family to have mm-hmm. the exposure. We, um, my daughter, so funny. We were driving down the road. I picked him up from school and we're driving down the road. She goes, ooh, mommy, that car <laughs> is really cool next to us. And I look and it's a Porsche and she's like, I want one of those when I'm old enough to drive. And I said, well, start saving your money now. And maybe that's something you can get when you get your driver's license. I mean, you'd be way cooler than what I drove when I first started driving. So, um, and then my son, just anything that moves, he loves it. Um, Tractors, cars, big rigs, anything that has wheels, he is a fan of. So um, there's, there's actually a, Radwood event near where we're living right now at the end of August. And I'm already making plans to take them out <laughs> to that because they'll just have a blast. They don't get to come to, to the Concours, uh, really, because first off, my son's way too hands on. And, you know, that's not <laughs> greatly appreciated at a Concours event. But it's just been hard. You know, I'm so focused and busy on working that weekend that I don't get a chance to really enjoy that with them. So I'm hoping when they get a little bit older, that they'll come out and get to see the show and get to see what I work so hard on all year long. Well, on November 5th through the 7th of this year, an automotive affair to remember yes. will happen at the Hilton Head uh, Concours. Uh, talk about some of the events that happen through the weekend. I will have to say my eyes definitely lingered on that Flights and Fancy event. Well, we have uh, the whole event is, is just spectacular, but the kickoff event, which is what you just referenced, our Flights and Fancy Airport Gala, is just a an awesome party. I mean, live music, 
great cars, vintage aircraft, new aircraft. One of the most popular features is always the Gulfstream that comes oh, out. We're, we're very lucky with Gulfstream being headquartered so close to us over in Savannah, Georgia. We're very lucky that they bring one over for us every year. And it's it's always a popular uh, attraction at that event, as you can imagine. Um, great food from local chefs. I mean, we have a major, you know, amazing culinary talent on the island and um, off the island in Bluffton, South Carolina. And we love to focus on our local area. I mean, you'll see that actually pulled through the the event um, all the way through. We like to focus on local, um, you know, talent and chefs and personalities. So okay. it's it's more than just the Hilton Head Island Concord. It's the Hilton Head Island Concord and the greater Hilton Head Island area that you're experiencing. So Flights and Fancy is amazing. Um, we also have a really fun after party on Saturday following our Car Club Showcase event that Haggerty is sponsoring this year, where we feature both local Hilton Head and also local South Carolina state distilleries, breweries, and wineries. So you get to come out, listen to live music, do some tastings. And some of our favorite exhibits that we'll have on display are, are still out for you to see at that point in the evening as well. And then our Saturday night event, uh, Design Among the Stars, is a really spectacular event. Um, we've had amazing names attend and, and sketch live at that event. So it's a, it's a smaller event. It's about 125 people, give or take. Um, so it's a very intimate environment. It's not a large scale black tie gala. It's a pretty down to earth dinner, but you get to watch heads of design like Ralph Gilles and Jay Ward from wow. Pixar sketch right there in front of you live. And you can get within, maybe not this year with COVID, but normally you can get in you know, within inches and just watch them work. And it's really spectacular. And we auction those sketches off that night to raise money for our charitable fund, Driving Young America, which we then turn out uh, scholarships and grants to local organizations and students interested in pursuing a career in the automotive space. So it's all for a good cause. Um, but one of the things I'm most excited about is our Women Driving America program, which we started in 2019, actually, again, under Carolyn's leadership. It made sense, right? You've got this female-run organization, full female staff, and yet we hadn't done anything prior to 2019 to focus on the women in this industry, collectors, judges, um, women in the automotive industry. So it, it made sense to finally highlight that. Um, and we we kicked it off in 2019 with the intention of making it an annual component of the event. So that will be something that we feature again. And part of what we're doing with that this year, which is really exciting, is we're working with Shifting Gears and the Shifting Gears community to do a special award um, as part of the event. And also we're going to do a special pedal to the metal event with foreign cars Italia to do test drives for the women that we're honoring as part of women driving America. So we're really excited to kind of grow the program and build the excitement around it. And then to add to it, one other great addition is that we've got our first ever female honorary judge joining us this year, which is the wonderful Lily Prey, who probably a lot of people listening have heard of or know directly, but Lily's been a judge with us since day one. Um, she's been involved longer than any of us on the staff have been, and she's going to be an honorary judge. And what that means is she will be in line then to be a chief judge in the next couple, two, three years. So it'll be our first honorary judge this year. And then when she hits that mark to be chief judge, she'll be our first chief judge, which is just really exciting. And I can't think of anybody better to have in those shoes. What was Lily's reaction when she heard that? I think she was honored. Yeah. And you know, the nice thing is, 
you know, I think a lot of people would expect there to be some pushback from the other honorary judges. We have about five other honorary judges, all men, which is fine, which you expect, right? Sure. But they were 100% supportive, on board, excited. There was no hesitation whatsoever to bring Lily on board because they know, they know she's knowledgeable and capable and the right person for the job. It just seems like that uh, within uh, your organization, women being involved in this concourse, whether it's from on your side of the team mm-hmm. or out in the event side, it just seems like a natural fit. I do want to go back to the uh, Women Driving America program. Mm-hmm. Uh, what exactly are you guys bringing awareness to on that? Well, the fact that it's not just a men's world, you know, a man's world. Um, women are as much interested in cars as men are. We've got female owners that show their cars that are their cars, not, you know, it's not necessarily, some of them are shared ownership 50, 50, and some of them are hundred percent owned by the, the female collector that we're showcasing. And then again, we've got a lot of female judges involved too. And I just think a lot of people think perception is that the car world is a man's world. Now that's changing a lot. I mean, even just in the last year, you see so much more coming out And I think, you know, a testament to what Cindy's doing with GS events and all the shifting gears and what you're doing with the podcast. But um, it's it's seems that it's much more at the forefront over the last year. And we're excited that we were kind of at the start of that in 2019 by bringing this program into the event. Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, the Circuit of the Northwest. Hi, I am Brian Nielsen, founder of Circuit of the Northwest, a world-class multi-use motorsports facility and racing destination located in the Pacific Northwest. I am proud to support the Shifting Gears community and their mission to get women in the left seat. It mirrors our mission, making the Circuit of the Northwest equal for all. Because, you know, the car knows no gender. A limited number of pre-construction founding memberships will become available in June at preferred rates at circuitofthenorthwest.com. The main day will go down on November 7th. You will have uh, the 19th annual Concours at the Hilton Hilton Head Island. Uh, What makes your show so unique? I think it's a lot to do with our destination. I mean, we've got amazing cars. You know, the cars are just as wonderful as you'll see at other top-level Concours. But I think it's the atmosphere is a bit different. We've kind of become known for a Southern hospitality where people enjoy – their time and the the volunteers are so friendly. You feel very welcomed. And I'm not saying that's not the case at other events, but I think it's a different level at at the Hilton Head Island Concours. There's just something about the South, you know, it's a little bit more laid back, a little bit more relaxed and and people just want to be your friend and say hello and see how you're enjoying the show. So I think you walk away feeling very good about your experience at the Hilton Head Concours. Can you imagine the day yet? No. Not at all. Um, I I think about it once in a while and it starts to freak me out (laughs) because we're not quite there in terms of planning. I'm I'm excited. I know, um, you know, you get to set up week. I've been involved in the setup side of the event much more in past years than, you know, the shaking hands role. That was always Carolyn. So I was sort of on the back end. So I'm going to miss being involved in the craziness of what setup is. I think I'll probably still make it out there from time to time to get a piece of it because it just won't feel like the right event if I'm not out there with with everyone making sure the event is pulled off. But and then I think about the actual day and what it's going to feel like, because I haven't done one in this seat yet. You know, I've obviously I've done the event before, but not in this role. So I don't know how it's going to feel or, you know, what it's going to shake out. I just hope weather holds. Obviously, that's always, you know, priority number one. 
Um, but it's shaping up to be an amazing show. I mean, we've had more applications this year than in any year before. And I, I think a part of that is people's desire to get back out post-COVID. Um, but I think it's also just a testament to the reputation of the Hilton Head Concours and the growth that we've seen over the last few years. I, talking about the Southern hospitality that flows through the event, you had mentioned earlier about some of the events where uh, the local chefs or bringing local mm-hmm. events in. Uh, when you look at the event on the whole, how important is it to make it a happening? Oh, I think that's extremely important. We we drive a lot of our attendance from out of the local market. So we want them to come in and to be quite honest, we want them to stay for longer than just the weekend. We want them to come in and experience our, our island, our, our home. Um, you know, it's, it's a great place. It's a very, you know, I don't mean warm as in temperature. I mean, warm as in welcoming place. And we want people to come in and not only experience the Concord and the things on our schedule of events, but to branch out and see all the other amazing things that Hilton Head Island has to offer. So we see, we see a lot of people come in for a week, which is tremendous. And they make, a week-long vacation. It's also a tremendous time of year to be on Hilton Head Island. If you have not been to Hilton Head in the fall, you are missing something. Um, It is just as beautiful as beautiful can be. It's not hot. It's not cold. It's kind of that perfect temperature. There was a release uh, when Carolyn uh, was passing the baton your way. She said she looks forward to watching you continue to grow uh, the Concours under your leadership. Uh, When you start planning out uh, your tenure as president of this Concours, what are some growth areas that you're looking at? Well, you know, I want to do things that kind of are outside of the traditional Concours mold. Um, I'd love to see us starting to, you know, reach towards a younger demographic and a younger audience and getting new people involved in the Concours world because we need the future collectors, right? We need those people to kind of continue the tradition of what's going on at the Concours. So I would love to see us partner with organizations or bring elements in that kind of drive a younger audience and interest of a younger audience while maintaining the purity of what a Concours stands for. How do you do that? I have some ideas, but I think it's a little too early to share. Um, You know, I think it's going to take time. I don't think it's one of those things that happens overnight. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, shifting the mindset of the people involved on the management side of this event takes a little time. They're they're fantastic. I mean, they're not they're not opposed to any of the ideas um, thrown out. But I think just kind of thinking outside of your traditional Concord box is what I'm looking to bring to it. I mean, again, I guess. Part of that stems from not being that longtime car person or, you know, not a diehard collector that collects Concord quality cars. I want to bring in other pieces to the car world. Doesn't mean that it's not appreciated, you know. I, no. I, I think there's such a unique and as you said, your um, participants and, and tickets are, are up this year already. I think there's this unique kind of renaissance that's happening in this space right now. And uh, not necessarily driven by just the cars themselves as much as it is just the uh, desire to be with community again and, and around this energy. Are you seeing that on your side? Definitely. I mean, ticket sales, like I mentioned, we've had more applications than ever before. Ticket sales are up. I think people are excited to get back to the things that they used to do. And I think that this is a great excuse to do that. I mean, who wouldn't enjoy coming out, walking around some amazing cars, enjoying a glass of wine while you do it or whatever drink you want to have in your hand? Um, You know, I think that's the thing, too, that we've always we've always 
stretched for, even, you know, under Carolyn's leadership, this was a big push that she had, and we're going to continue it, is it's not just about the cars. It's about everything else. It's the vendors that we have on site. It's the, you know, food and beverage experiences. It's the music. It's, and, and again, it's the island. So, you know, I think making it bigger than just our show, too, is what, is going to be a big push for us in the future to get more people interested in, in here. Yeah, it's also the Gulf Stream. Yeah, and the Gulf Stream doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. I hate to admit it. I have never been in it. In the uh, years that it's been at our show, I've never had the opportunity to go in. Normally, there's such a line waiting to get into the Gulf Stream. And I don't blame people. It's pretty, it's pretty special and spectacular. We're going to take a quick pause here on the Women Shifting Gears podcast to hear from our sponsor, Purvey Hair. I love supporting women shifting gears and champion females who charge hard in the left seat of race cars. My name is Shay Holsher and I'm the CEO of Purvey Products. My company makes salon quality hair care products. We are women owned and women run. Our products are powered by the highest quality clean natural ingredients on the planet. We believe women are changing the world. We give 1% of our revenue back to Project B Share, a nonprofit that supports women in need. Visit our website at purveyproducts.com and use the code LOVEPURVEY, all in cap, and save 30% on your first order. Well, there's no doubt we're rounding out the last couple of months until uh, that uh, weekend in November. Uh, we appreciate you sharing some time with us. I know you're you're busy. What kind of things are on your to-do list now? Oh, right now we're getting into the nitty gritty. So it's yeah. Nothing spectacular or fancy. It's probably the stuff people will yawn when I start to talk about permits <laughs> and you know all that what wonderful detail. But uh, you know we are just again. There's a whole new level of enthusiasm this year that I haven't seen in a really long time. And I think that hiatus that we had, you know, the COVID-induced hiatus that we had in 2020, was probably the best thing that could have happened for us. I think it's given us a, a cre- more creative stance on everything and just a more positive energy to the people behind the show. Well, Lindsay, we appreciate you uh, being with us today. That is the core of your interview, but now we get to switch to the hot lap. Okay. Uh, (laughs) So you are setting off on a road trip. Where are you headed? I'm going to say Charleston, South Carolina. I know that's not too, too far from where we are in Hilton Head, but um, my husband went to Uh, grad school in Charleston. We got to spend some really good times there. We haven't been back since we've had kids, which has been over six years. And um, this is a great town, great drinks, great food, great walking. Um, It's just a great slow paced town that I I miss and would love to get back to. What are you driving to Charleston? Oh, um, I'm going to go with my dream car, which is sort of one of the original Jeep Wagoneers. Ooh, that sounds like the perfect ride to Charleston. I keep trying to Keep trying to convince my husband that's what, that's a cool mom car. That's the car I need to be driving, and uh, I haven't convinced him quite yet. So we shall see. What songs on the radio? Oh, um, if my husband's in the passenger seat, it would probably be something like Metallica, which is not my favorite. <laughs> but if it's my choice on the radio, I'm going to go with you know Pink. Love Pink. Uh, you can blare you could blare that out of your Jeep Wagner. I think so. You know, and I think too. I think she's got some rock and roll esque vibes, obviously. <laughs> so my husband, if I had to pick a pop star, Pink would be it because she's also got a little rock and roll. She or Lady Gaga. I like them. She's both. a boss woman. I oh, oh totally, mom. totally. Yes, I'm somewhat obsessed with her. You know, she's got a new documentary that I'd love to see. I haven't watched it yet. So you kind of uh, led to the next question. If you're in the left seat driving, who's your passenger in the right? 
Okay. Well, if you want to go with reality, I'll go with my husband. <laughs> Who's fantastic. Normally he's driving though. He, he normally likes to drive and I, I end up napping in the other seat. But um, if, if I'm going with someone completely out of left field celebrity wise that I would love to spend time with, this is a random one, but Shaquille O'Neal has been a longtime celebrity crush of mine. Um, I was a huge basketball player growing up, love sure. basketball, love the NBA. Um, and, you know, he was, he was mega when I was into that. So um, would love to ride along with Shaquille O'Neal. What would you ask him? <sighs> What's it like to be that tall? I mean, <laughs> I'm five four, so I have no clue what life would be like at that size. Um, you know, I think what I think a lot, what a lot of people want to know what were some of your highlights and but what were some of your biggest challenges in life? You know, I mean, I was crazy obsessed with him. Um, I watched movies he was in that were terrible. I mean, just <laughs> terrible. But I watched him because I loved him. You know, so yeah, he would be my passenger for sure. I'm not sure what car I need to fit him though. Oh yeah, I, well at least Would the Wagoneer maybe do it. Well, you could have the top off. There we go. Right. So. You could have like one of the ones that have the removable hard top. I, yeah. I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think he would enjoy it and he would probably enjoy pink too. I, I have to imagine. I think he's, he just seems fun. Doesn't he? I agree. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. A, I, I love that answer. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I do want to, um, you know, again, it's, it's what a special moment for you that that's coming up. And, you know, a lot of times, I mean, these are life moments that kind of, uh, or ones that, uh, you'll always remember. And they say even as, as brides or, uh, when you become a parent that a lot of times the day goes by so fast and you, and you don't, you know, remember it, but, uh, you know, this day is going to be the kickoff of your tenure as president of the Hilton Head Island Concours. Uh, how will you make sure you'll remember this one? I think I just need to try and take Sunday and, and eliminate a to-do list, which I normally have each day of the event of things I need to accomplish um, and just try and not have that so I can walk around and talk with the people and, you know, exhibitors, judges, and, you know, our attendees, I'd love to get as much input from everybody. And um, one thing I really would love to do is, is at least be able to, say hello to every person who has a car in our show field that day. If I can pull that off, I'll be, I'll be happy. November 5th through the 7th. It's head yes. your way. Yes. It'll be here before we know it. I'm excited. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you so much, Amanda. It's good speaking with you. The Women Shifting Gears podcast is produced by GS Events, a female owned collective with a mission to amplify women's voices across the automotive culture. Follow along on our journey on Instagram and Twitter at the handle Women Shifting Gears or on the web at gsevents.live.